Good morning. Welcome to the branches. My name is Alex Hershey. I'm the pastor here. So glad that you are here this morning. What a beautiful day it is in spring to come to church below freezing. So anyway, but so glad that you guys are here this morning. It is a good day to gather to be reminded that we are loved by Jesus so that we can go from this place and be his love and his light to those around us. Hey, really quick, before we get jump into anything, um, I just wanted to give a shout out. We went on a mission trip this past week down to Henderson Settlement, which is right on the Kentucky-Tennessee line where we did uh, a work, some work, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, this has been sort of a, a part of the branches. Of course, we had to take a pause the last couple of years. And so this is something that is a continuation of what the branches will do. So if you saw that and were like, I could do something like this, then... I would encourage you to talk to me or someone that you saw in those videos because it was uh, a great week where we were able to serve and able to share the love of Christ as we uh, were able to work on uh, a widow's home uh, this past week. And it was a beautiful, beautiful time. Well, awesome. Um, Really quick, uh, right before I pray, I want you to turn to those around you and tell them Jesus loves you. Can you do that for me? That's good. Awesome. Let's pray. God, you are good and your love endures forever. Through all things you are present and you are with us in this moment. And so, Lord, we ask right now for your Holy Spirit to fall down upon us and to fill our hearts. As we have praised and worshipped you, now allow for our minds to hear from you. Allow for my words and my thoughts to be yours and nothing else, Lord. God, we pray right now for those who need to hear encouragement to hear encouragement. For those that need to hear hope to hear hope. And for those who need to be embraced with your love to feel the warmth upon their soul through Jesus. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. I remember the first time that I met my wife, Krista. There she is. Wave your hand. There he is. That's her. I remember the first time I met her. It was at, uh, on October 3rd. The year was 2000, just a few decades ago anyway. But I remember when I first met her, and uh, it was in the, the college uh, It was in the college coffee house. I went to Indian Wesleyan. It was, now it's torn down, but our love isn't. And so anyway, but the coffee house is torn down. And so I remember going and walking in after a night class and uh, realizing that I'm not good at school. And so I walked in and I just needed a good old caffeine pick-me-up, you know, at like 10 o'clock at night back in those days. And I walked in and uh, my friend was talking to some some girl. And uh, and at that moment, he then introduced us. Our friend Dave, he introduced me to Krista and I said hi. And like what we used to do back then was that we just grabbed our drinks and we went and we just talked to each other face to face. And we did this for a long time. And if you know any, if you knew anything about me prior to this moment in my life, uh, me talking to girls was a pretty uh, not a spectacular thing. I would, I, if you know what a ladies' man is, I'm on the opposite spectrum of that. Uh, and so uh, usually I would just start sweating profusely, and it was just uh, it was an embarrassing scene. But in this moment, for some reason, I, could, I, I held my own, and we just talked. And I don't know what we talked about, but I know we just talked. And that small conversation that was started a long time ago, from that moment on, we've had deeper conversations. And our understanding of each other has grown. 
from something small, a small introduction, it has turned into now a life of decisions from deciding to date to deciding to get married to deciding to have kids to deciding to name kids deciding to go into ministry deciding to to plan a church deciding to do all of these different things that all began with a small simple conversation i believe that god loves to work in this way he loves to work in those small things and then allows for us to see how they grow I really do. David and Goliath, right? You have Zacchaeus in a tree, you know? I'm always pro-short guys. Anyway, but like he loves to go from small to big. He loves to take just a kid's sack lunch and feed the multitudes, right? From small to big. He even calls us out and he says, I want you to have a childlike faith. In God's kingdom, in the God's way of seeing things, this is how he works. Small isn't always bad. It isn't. But in our worldly view, we want things to be big. We want things to be over the top, and we usually want them instantly. We want everything at our fingertips, and we want to have that instant success. You know, as a child and as a teenager, I always look back and I remember that I just wanted everything to be big in my life. I wanted to go to the big venue. I wanted to be the big rock star. I wanted to be all of these different things and different pieces. My mind was set on that bigger was better. And I wanted to start with bigger and I wanted to just stay there. But when I reflect on my life now, the best things, the godly things, have been things that have started small. And I've watched God work in unexpected ways to grow my life and to grow those around me. And this is the thing. I still have that struggle, though, with wanting everything big at my fingertips right now, right? That's still a tension in my life. I heard recently that during the pandemic, lottery tickets were sold at an alarmingly high rate. And also right now, through the March Madness, anybody have uh, any team in the Final Four right now? Does anybody have a team in the Final Four? Any, one team? Does anybody have one team? Anybody have two teams? Yeah. You have two teams? Who are they? Villanova and Duke. I mean, I mean, I'm glad. Let's just move on. Okay, sorry. Coach K, we're fine. Just retire. Be done with it. Move on. Okay. All right. So anyway, all right. Um, okay. So anyway, but yeah. So but through this March Madness, like the online, the mobile gambling has just skyrocketed. People are willing to sacrifice their hard-earned working money, a small cost, for, for thinking that they can hit it big. People are still wrapped up into that if I could just have that big moment, everything in my world will be right. God looks at it differently. God teaches us differently. Jesus understood this differently as he began to go and teach around. This month we've been, or this, this season of Lent, we're going through the Gospel of Mark which has been a great gospel for us to go through because we see that the actions of Jesus then call us into action as His people. What Jesus is teaching, what Jesus is doing, then draws us into this life that says, I need to go and follow. 
I need to go and live out these teachings that Jesus has given to us. And so he's teaching in Mark chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, if you have your phones, you can pull this up. And he talks about seeds. You know, first part of the, the chapter is the scattering of seeds. This is not what we're talking about. But we were looking at him talking about the mustard seed. Yes, the mustard seed, uh, the small seed. This is what we're looking at. Jesus knew how to talk the language of the people. During this time, he was bringing up seeds and agricultural stuff because that's what people knew and understood. If he was here today, he would probably talk about Netflix and people who are coding things and different things like that. But now he is talking about agriculture and seeds. So he brings up the seed of mustard seed. I love mustard. Anybody else love mustard? I'm, mustard is so good. I mean, I like yellow mustard. I like brown mustard. I like spicy mustard. I like, I mean, do you have any Grey Poupon? You know, like I love it. I mean, anything that's a mustard ish, I'm all about it. But here in this moment, we see Jesus give this parable, a teaching about a mustard seed. Sometimes Jesus, you know, you know, just talks about stuff, you know. Anyway, here he goes. Again, he said, this is Jesus talking. What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such, a big bran- such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. Just keep it right there. And this passage right here, what we see is all of a sudden, Jesus is talking about a mustard seed. Now what's interesting, a mustard tree, I guess you would call it, it also can look a lot like a shrub, is this little seed that is, I don't know, I don't know, it was something small like have you ever seen it's small i don't know how else to say it but at the time it was the smallest seed of all the seeds and so that's what they looked at but this little seed then would produce a tree that would go radius like 30 feet or could in complete like perfect conditions could be 30 feet around and just this ginormous ginormous thing just this little seed can produce something big And I just think it's interesting that when we get to this moment of Jesus talking about faith, which you hear a lot of preachers are like, you need faith. You've got to have a big faith. You've got to have a big, big faith. But when Jesus begins to talk about faith, he's saying, if you just had the faith of a mustard seed, and we see actually in the Gospel of Matthew, he says, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. This small piece The small seed is what Jesus is asking. And what we begin to see is Jesus is really narrowing it down here. He's saying, this is the thing. A small amount of faith versus no faith is a big difference. Small amount of faith versus no faith at all is a big difference. And the thing that we have to begin to ask ourselves if in our lives, is saying, I have mountains in my life. I have faced things in my life that have been challenging. I've faced things that have have caused me to lose sleep at night. There are those of us who have faced depression, those of us who have faced anxiety, those of us who have faced relationship troubles, those of us who have faced financial troubles, those of us who have just had our backs against the wall. And we see here Jesus say, but if you have the faith 
of a mustard seed, mountains can move. The smallest of seeds is what Jesus calls them to. And I love this. It's a hard thing at times to hear. Because often we think, but I have to have a big enough faith. And maybe this is happening to me because I just have too small of a faith in God. And God is not saying that to us in this day. If you feel that you are not achieving enough for God, I want you to hear in this moment right now, God's grace is enough. Put put your life into God's hands. Cross that line from curiosity and doubt into faith. Take that step. And you'll begin to say to yourself, God, I have faith in you. Will you move this mountain in my life? This place where I feel stuck and stagnant. Will you move it so that I can go closer to who you're calling me to become? Open my eyes to see what you desire from me. The Pope said this recently. He said this, uh, uh, well, I don't know, recently. I know that I'm older these days because I feel like, uh, I guess he's been around less than 10 years. That's recent for a Pope. I don't know, you know, some of those popes that are... Sometimes it's long for a pope if you look at church history. They used to knock popes off, so anyway. But anyway, sorry about that. Uh, just, I'm just, just going to be honest with you, so there you go. Uh, all right, but um, Pope Benedict said this. He said, I have a mustard seed, and I'm not afraid to use it. Do we approach our faith like this? Do we just put faith on the, on, on the shelf and say, yeah, that's good, that's where, I, that's where I live on Sundays, or that's where I live on the holidays, or that's where I live when my in-laws come to town just so I look a little bit holier or whatnot? Or is it an every moment thing? Your faith is not just something that you put on a t-shirt, but it is something that you live out in your life. And it's something that you believe that God is moving in all things. That there are no mountains that can keep God in a box. But that you have a faith that you can get through each day knowing that God is with you and God is for you and God is moving you towards what He is calling you to become. Why then are we holding back? Why do we hold back with our faith? Why do we like be like, yep, yeah, that's good over there and that's good here, but nothing in my life's going to change in this moment? Why do we hold back? Why do we sometimes put God on pause in our lives? Why are we afraid of thinking that the return on something small will not pan out? If I take this faith step, this risk in my life, what if it doesn't pan out the way that I think it should pan out? Why are we afraid? We see time and time again, not just in the Scriptures, but in our daily lives when we talk to people, we begin to see that every faith step that they take, we see that it might not turn out the exact way that they thought it would, but they see that Christ is with them through all things. 
and that the testimony that they have is something that is strong and powerful in their lives. Something that I've heard that's pretty common throughout my life is this, in ministry, is this. I hear people who've come to church and they say, we've tried everything else and it hasn't worked. We've tried everything else and it hasn't worked. And here we are at church. And usually you find them sitting in the front of the church because they've never been to church before, you know. Krista's been to church before. My brother-in-law's been to church before, so that's good. Anyway, but... You find them, and they're like, what's going on? I remember this one time, there was this young couple that came, and they were sitting right in the front of the church, and I'm like, that's reserved for nobody, and you're sitting there, unbelievable, you know? Like you, uh, and they're sitting there, and I remember, uh, uh, I remember them uh, uh, just like deer in headlights, like, what is this? And I was able to talk with them later in the week and be like, why did you come to church? And, and asking them the questions, and they said that line, We've tried everything else, and it hasn't worked. You know, in the following weeks, they took that step from no faith to small faith. It was a mustard seed. And as they took that step, they began to see God and to see how God was moving in their lives. And they, they were baptized, and they were married in the church, and they were excited for what God had in store for them because now they had that small faith in God. What I've learned the years after in that situation, in that story, is that there is no like parameters on this. This phrase, I've tried everything, but it hasn't worked. I've seen it in rich people. I've seen it in poor people. I've seen it in confused people. I've seen it with people that think they have everything figured out in life, and yet this phrase continues to ring true for them. And they come forward. And they finally say, I'm ready to take that step from no faith to small faith in God. They hear the teachings of Jesus. They hear it and they realize it is time to follow Christ. Alistair Begg says this, The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It happens quietly. It happens inevitably. Don't underestimate God's power. God can do so much for us if we choose to take that step in faith in our lives. Are you ready to take that step of faith with Jesus? Or are you ready to help someone else begin the journey with Jesus? I think back to just that conversation, that introduction that our friend Dave gave to Krista and I. All it was was a, hey, this is Alex. Hey, this is Krista. Let me go make some more coffee. You guys get out, of, get out of here and talk. All it took was that small introduction, and it changed my life forever. It changed Krista's too, you know? Anyway. Think about it, though. Like, are we ready to take that step of faith? Are we ready to have that conversation to introduce someone to faith? This is the season right now, friends. We are approaching the cross and the empty tomb. This is a, a season that, that we have to understand as a church. If you've never understood this before, this is the season that we have seen historically be a time. Not Christ, Christmas is a great time too. I like Christmas. There's always presents. There's more anyway. But, like, but, Christmas, but Christmas is historically the season where the people that you have built up relationships throughout this past year or years 
to say, come and see what faith in Jesus can bring to you. There's also a time where we as followers of God say, Lord, make me whole and right again. What I love about Jesus' illustration here is this. It is a small seed that grows into a big tree. Growth is so key here. We don't just stop at the small faith. But when we learn to take that small faith and we grow in holiness, we begin to seek who God is in everything. If all I did was just talk a meaningless conversation, small talk with Krista, still to this day, our relationship probably would be no more. Would never have, would never have happened. But we have grown in the depth and the level of our love for each other and our conversation. This is what God is desiring for you as well to continue to grow deeper. In a way, then, you'll have birds on your branches. <laughs> I've never said that out loud before. But that you will grow and you will produce fruit. You will grow and you will become a safe place for people to come and talk about Jesus with. And how do we do this? This is faith, guys. Faith is two things, obedience and trust. Walking in obedience with God and His teachings. Walking in and understanding how you can be His light and His love. Resisting sin at all costs. And to go where God is calling you to go. And with that obedience, then you have trust. You trust that those small things will pan out because God is for you and not against you. You trust that those rocky roads and those stormy days will not be forever. But that you have faith in a God who can take your mustard seed faith and move the mountains in your life to give you hope, to give you joy, and allow your soul to feel complete with His love. Would you pray with me? God, we thank You for how you love us and how you care for us. And we pray right now that if there are those of us who are ready to take that, that step into faith, that we take it. That we say, Lord, you are the Son of God. And I put my faith in Jesus alone. Take my sins away from me and allow for me to experience your grace and to be made whole. And for those of us who have friends and family members on our mind where we just feel it is time to introduce them to Christ, help us to have that gentle boldness with great confidence in sharing our faith with them in this day. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. As we finish worship this morning, we finish by taking Holy Communion. Here at the branches, all who believe and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord are welcome to partake in the Last Supper. 
in remembering what Christ has done for us so that we can be set free and that we can have life. So as Jesus sat around the table with his disciples the night before he went to the cross, it's coming up here, as he sat around the table with them, he passed the bread and he said, this is my body that is broken for you. And then he passed the juice and he, or the, the cup and he said, this is my blood spilled for you. Take and eat and drink and remember that you are forgiven and that you are made whole and new. So, we remember. 2,000 years later, we remember in a gym floor in Indiana, in this moment, that we are not bound to our sins, that we are not defined by our mistakes, but in fact, we are new, whole, and we are made alive in Christ. That is good news. That is the gospel. Turn to someone and just say, that's good news and that's the gospel. Ooh, it's good. Jesus wants you to be alive. Would you pray with me right now? Lord, we thank you for the love that you have for us and that you sacrificed your life so that we could be made whole and new and made alive. We pray right now for this bread and this juice to represent your body that was broken for us and your your blood that was spilled for us so that we can be forgiven of our sins and so that we can have life now and forever with Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. The body of Christ broken for you. Take and eat. The blood of Christ spilled for you. Take and drink. O holy God, as we empty ourselves out, we ask that you fill us up with your love and your light, so that as we go from this place, we have Christ in us, and that we can share his love with those around us. Thank you for forgiving us of our sins. Thank you for making us whole. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, as we go from this place, let us go knowing that Jesus loves us. Let us go sharing his love with those around us. Let us go with grace and joy so that we can see God's kingdom everywhere and that those who were once lost will be found again. I'm excited for next week. I really am. It's going to be a good one. The next, oh my gosh, the next few weeks, we're getting closer to Easter, are going to be absolutely awesome. And so invite your friends. It's going to be good. I mean, in two weeks, there's going to be a donkey here. That's pretty good. Uh, so that's exciting. And so, uh, and then Easter. And so, hey, uh, go with Christ's love and share it with others. And I'll see you next week. Bye, guys.